Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to um, talk a little bit about the test that you guys just taken. And some things that were on the test that I think um, people had put up there that uh, I want to go back over. I asked for the definition of an apostle, which everybody gave that correct definition. A sent one, an ambassador. Um, was Jesus an apostle? Was he an apostle? Yes, he was an apostle, and it's based on what scripture? Hebrews 3.1. Okay, and then we look at the third question. This is where everybody was, uh, not the majority, but people did not focus. It, was, it could have been two ways, but it was not what I was looking for. The question was, were there apostles of the Lamb after Jesus went to be with the Father? And I asked why. Now, remember I went over that. People were saying apostles were done away with. They were no longer apostles after um, Jesus left. And I say that's true to an extent because the apostles of the Lamb, the ones that walked with Jesus, there were no more after Jesus went to be with the Father, meaning there were none carrying that title because Jesus left. Nobody walked with Jesus anymore because he was what? He was gone. That's why. Some people put yes, there were apostles of the Lamb. The reason why people put yes because they said, well, they, they were still here. Peter and all of them were still here. Of course, they were still here, but Jesus was gone. So that title of apostle of the Lamb, people can't carry that no more because Jesus went to be with the Father. So I think that's where people were getting it um, kind of mixed up. Okay, then are there still apostles today? Yes. yes, it is. And what do we call those apostles of today? Ascension gifts, which was in Ephesians 4. Then do apostles start out as apostles? No. no. Duties of an apostle. Govern, pioneer. So everybody got all of that. I think where people were getting tied up at was number three. So we give God glory that everybody uh, answered sort of correctly, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Amen? Because that's why I put apostles of the Lamb to give a hint. Okay, so we're going to go back over dealing with the prophet. Um, we're going to talk about a prophet. Now, we know in the Old Testament, prophet is a spokesman for God, one that speaks on behalf of God. So in the Old Testament... Um, you had prophets that um, received the word from God. And as they received the word from God, they would give it unto the people. So those prophets were in the presence of God. And as God spoke to them, they spoke to the people. So the people looked up to the prophets to receive a word from the Lord, from God. But now tonight, what I'm going to talk about, let me go over... Um, uh, first of all, Jesus as a prophet. Now, what I want y'all to understand is we talked about Jesus being an apostle. He was one sent from God. He was the chief apostle. So he was sent from God, but he also walked as a prophet. And the reason why I'm going over Jesus walking in the fivefold is because when Jesus went to be with the Father, he left himself in the body of Christ as the fivefold. So we have to go over the scriptures that, that show us that he walked as a prophet when he walked do, when he was down here doing his earthly ministry. Now in Deuteronomy 18:15, it was determined that Moses was talking to the people and he was letting the people know that God would send a prophet just like him to speak um, on the behalf of God. So that was Deuteronomy 18:15, and whom he was talking about was Jesus. He said, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. So he was foretelling what was going to come. He was predicting, not predicting, but he was releasing a word which he got from God concerning Jesus, concerning the coming Messiah. That can be found also in Acts 7.37. 
This is when um, Stephen, uh, Stephen, he was being stoned. Before he got stoned, he began to talk about this. He said, this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear. So he was um, relating back to the Old Testament, and he was bringing forth what was already foretold through Moses. So a prophet, remember, they're a mouthpiece of who? Of God. They're only going to speak what God would have them to speak. They can't add to it. They cannot take away from it. It's coming directly from God, and when it comes from God to them, then it goes to the people. John 17, 8 verifies that with Jesus' walk. John 17, 8 says, For I have given unto them the words which thou, which thou gave me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou did send me. So here you see him as a prophet, but also as an apostle, because he was sent to deliver the message from God. He was sent as an apostle. He was sent as a prophet to speak on the behalf of God. So a prophet is a spokesman for God, and they're only going to speak what God tell them to speak. That's also verified in St. John 12, 49 through 50. I won't read that, but that verifies what Jesus was saying. And also in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 um, these um, verses of scriptures is what Jesus was speaking forth, dealing with the end of the world. This is what Jesus spoke forth, and this is what a prophet do. He was speaking things yet to come. And then we also have in John 4, 16 through 18, when Jesus met the woman at the well, she perceived that he was a prophet because she told her, he told her some things that she knew that nobody could have known. So she knew that he had to be a prophet. So that's Jesus. And then Jesus was not honored as a prophet in his own hometown. So that's Matthew 13, 53 through 58. So that's dealing with Jesus being a prophet. So we determined that Jesus walked as an, as an apostle. He walked as a prophet doing his earthly ministry. Now tonight what I want to talk about is a call of a prophet. A call of a prophet. And when I do this call, let me give you a, um, a, another definition too. I, I spoke on the Old Testament uh, being a spokesman for, for God, being a mouthpiece for God. And in the New Testament, it is still the same thing, but it's more that um, a prophet does, one who points you to Jesus Christ. So a prophet is going to be one that points you to Jesus Christ. They edify and build up the body of Christ, bringing the body into maturity. They foretell what is getting ready to happen. They confirm what has already been spoken. They bring forth correction in the body of Christ, and they reveal the heart and mind of God. That's long, but it's going to be determined in Scripture. Let me say it again. One who points you to Jesus, they edify and build up the body of Christ, bringing the body into maturity. They foretell what is getting ready to happen. They confirm what has already been spoken. They bring forth correction in the body of Christ. They reveal the heart and the mind of God. And if you didn't get the whole definition, you can go back um, on the teaching, that, which is on live, and you can get the whole definition. So let's look at a call of a prophet. For one thing that I want everybody to know tonight, the call of a prophet and the fivefold does not come from man. It comes directly from God. Now, God will um, let you know, um, you know, if you're a part of the fivefold, God will let you know himself. And when God lets you know, sometimes somebody will come and confirm what God has already told you. So don't think that man have to um, put you in a place. God is the one that puts you in that place, not man. So we have to be careful in the body of Christ um, how we put people, where we place them at. And the reason why I'm saying this is because when we look at a prophet, and a prophet is one that speaks on the behalf of God. Now, in the New Testament, understand this. Everything that 
um, was written is already written. These prophets in the Old Testament, they spoke as they was inspired by the Holy Ghost. They only spoke what God was given to them, and then it was written. Also in the New Testament, it was the same thing with the prophets. Whatever um, God gave them the right, this is why Paul wrote all these books of the Bible, because he was inspired by the Holy Ghost, and he put down exactly what God was saying unto him. So understand, today... The prophets of today, they cannot give you nothing new that hasn't already been written. But what happens is they'll give you revelation behind what's been written, but it always has to line up with the word of God. A prophet only supposed to speak what the word of God has already spoken, what the word of God is saying. If you got a prophet coming up with this new stuff, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not of God. See, false prophets will come in a place and they'll come up with these new revelations and saying this and saying that, and people are following that stuff. But this is why you have to know the word for yourself. The Holy Spirit, under the Old Testament, you know, the prophets were the ones that were before God. So they were, the, they were the ones that were receiving the word from God and they would take the word to the people. But now God has left us the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, he can speak the word unto us. He can remind us of what the word has already said. And as he reminds us, God will bring a prophet in the house. And the very thing that the Holy Spirit has reminded, guess what? That prophet will come in here and open it up and bring in whatever um, was already spoken or, or decreed and declared. I give you an example. You know, when we have um, guest speakers to come up in here, Miracle Temple, y'all excite me so much. Some of y'all act like y'all ain't never heard it before. And everything that the guest speaker come in here and say, you already done ate it. You should have been done emptied out of it, but kept it in your heart. <laughs> because everything they come in here and give you is not anything that you have not already been told, that you have not already been warned about. So you should know you have a prophet amongst you. Because God, he, he reveals his word, but he sent people in here to give you confirmation of the word which he's already revealed on you. Some people act like they're shocked. Why do they act like they're shocked? Because they're sitting here and ain't here. So God have to send somebody else because he loves you so much to give it to you over and over and over again saying, well, maybe they'll receive it through that one. And then people get so excited and they're saying, oh, I ain't never heard that before. Oh, we rebuke that line spirit right now in the name of Jesus. You ain't heard it because you allowed it to go in one ear and go out another ear. But God is so faithful, isn't he? So that's what a prophet does. But let's look at the call of a prophet. The call of a prophet comes from God. When we look at Genesis, the 20th chapter, verse 7, this is dealing with Abraham. Abraham is the first prophet that the word of God um, talks about. And this is when Abraham sent his wife in with Abimelech. And this is what happened in Genesis 27. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. Who was speaking here? It was God. God was letting this man know, you give this man his wife because he's a prophet. So that call that was on Abraham's life, who did it come from? It come from God. And he shall pray for thee and thou shall live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shall surely die, thou and all that are, are, are thine. So God called Abraham to be a prophet. And when you go back to Genesis, the 12th chapter, God was calling calling Abraham unto himself. He said, I need for you to leave your country. I need for you to leave what you're familiar with. He said, in your kinsmen, because I'm going to um, show you a land. So God was letting him know, I want you to leave everything behind, and I want you to come and follow me. He wanted him to be his mouthpiece. So you can take Genesis 12. Um, let's say verses one through verse three, and it's probably longer. And Genesis 20 verse seven is God calling Abraham, um, a prophet. Everybody know this one is so familiar. Jeremiah one, five dealing with old Jeremiah and how God told Jeremiah before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained mean I appointed the a prophet unto the nation so God appointed Jeremiah even before Jeremiah was thought about 
God already knew the call that was on Jeremiah's life. So what am I saying tonight? Quit worrying about titles. Quit worrying about somebody coming to you and telling you, you this, you're that. It's exciting when they tell you. But when you spend time with the Lord, the Lord, God is going to let you know the call that's on your life. He's going to let you know what you need to be doing, when you need to be doing, and how you need to be doing it. But what's going on in the churches is the enemy is setting people up and got people's minds so focused on title, so focused on being exalted because he's the one that want to be exalted. He want people to focus more on that than to focus on, first of all, who you are now that you're in Christ. See, if you weren't about being a prophet and don't know who you are, it ain't doing you a bit of good. So you got to take your mind off of a title and you got to put your mind, first of all, on who you are and who you belong to. So when you learn those principles, that's why we started with discipleship, being a disciple, being a follower of Christ. When you learn all of those principles, see, people don't want to learn all that. What they want to do, they want to dive into these titles so they can feel important. Well, I'm prophet is this. I'm apostle this. I'm evangelist this. I'm pastor this. I'm teacher this. You are nothing without him. He's divine. You're the branches. And without him, y'all, we are nothing. But when you focus on who you are now that you're in Christ and have relationship with him, you'll be walking in your call and you ain't worrying about who tell you what because the love that you're receiving from him and doing things that he's asking you to do, you're not worrying about what people think or what people say. You're just doing it unto him to please God and not man. And as you walking in that call, guess what? People recognize that call. Let me tell you how they recognize that call. First of all, when you're in the word of God and you're studying the word of God and you have a prophet amongst you, you're going to know that they're operating up under that prophetical anointing. Why? Because they're totally different from everybody else. You're going to know, uh-uh, they're different. They don't act like they do. They don't do like they do. They, they, they're word-minded. When, when they approach you, they always bring in the word forth to let you know what the word of God is saying. Why? Because a prophet is going to speak word. A prophet is going to bring the word of God before you. A prophet is going to correct you. A prophet is going to rebuke you. A prophet ain't going to be scared to go up to you and let you know that's not what the word says. They're going to speak truth in love. They're not going to sit there and let you fall off a cliff and then not help you. That's any of us in the body of Christ, though. So we see that Jeremiah and Abraham, they were called of God. Now, let me let you know a little bit about um, being called of God. Sometimes, you know, we can miss that call because we don't know the attributes. We don't know the duties. We don't know um, about a prophet or we don't know about an apostle. But we began to do some things and we began to live out those things. But we ain't looking at being an apostle. We ain't looking at being a prophet. We just looking at being in relationship with God. Um, I can give you this with me. When God called me to be a prophet. Now, God will show you in dreams too. He'll show you your call in dreams. And when he first called me to be a prophet, um, my mother was a prophet. And I didn't get to know her and by me not getting to know her, I didn't want to see her because, you know, when somebody is dead, they just dead and you don't want to see no dead person. But anyway, so the Lord showed me um, one night in a dream. I never forget this. When I got ready to see her, I would not receive her because I was scared. So I remember I went to a church and this is how I'm telling you how you won't even know the call on your life, but you operating in that call. So I went to this church in Atkinson, and the lady I was riding with, I say, for some reason, I have this unction, and I need to go to this lady's house. I don't understand why, but I need to go. She said, you know what? Every time you tell me something, it's right on point. And I'm like, right on point? I ain't know nothing about all that. But she said, we're going to go over there. So when I went to the lady's house and I knocked on the door, she opened the door, and she said, I've been waiting on you, y'all. My knees started knocking. I was so scared. I'm like, what you waiting on me for? So I sat down in her, in her house, and she was sitting across from me, and she was just sitting there with her eyes closed, just her eyes closed. And then she pointed directly at me. She said, God said, you need to receive his servant. I'm like, Jesus. She said, you need to receive his servant. Y'all talking about knees knocking. 
I'm like, oh, Jesus. God said he have sent her to you, and you refusing to receive her, and he got a message for you through his servant. So I sat there, and in my mind, I'm saying, send her back, Lord. Send her back. I'll receive her, Lord. And the lady that was sitting beside me that took me, she said, oh, God said he's going to send her back. I'm like, okay. So I go home that night, and I get into bed, and I'm so tightly knitted to my husband because I'm scared, but I still wanted to receive her. I'm like, bring on, God, bring on, bring on. And I'm shaking in the bed. I didn't receive her that night. But when I began to rest in him, when God sent her to me, it was like I was in a room, and she had long black hair, but she had a gold streak in the back of her hair. And when I went in there, I said, are you my mother? And she said, yes, I'm your mother. And she stood up, and we grabbed hands. And when we grabbed hands, she began to speak in tongues. And as she began to speak in tongues, then I began to speak in tongues when she um, stopped. But as I spoke, she went down, and I stood. And the Lord let me know, I'm giving you her mantle. Now, let me let you understand what a mantle is, meaning that, I'm passing on. You a prophet. He was letting me know my call right then. I have called you to be a prophet. So that was the first instant that I had knowing that I was a prophet of the Lord. He used my mom because she carried that mantle as a prophet. So to back that up in scripture, do y'all remember Elijah and Elisha? When we look in 1 Kings 19.19, it said, so he departed thence and found Elijah, the son of Sephath, who was plowing with 12 um, yoke of oxen before him. And he said, and he with the, with the 12, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. That means he was passing the baton. He was letting Elisha know, you're going to take my place as a prophet. So that's what my mom was doing with me. She was passing the baton to let me know you're going to stand in the office of a prophet. So right after then, and I'm going to tell you how the devil does, the, the enemy does not want you to, um, you know, walk in your call. He will bring fear on that kind of stuff. So another dream I had, lady behind the pulpit, but this lady had short hair and she had on this black hat and dressed in black. And when I went to her, I said, are you my mother? And she grabbed my hand. She never answered me. And she said, you got to go with me. And I remember pulling my hand from her and saying, no, I'm not going anywhere until God, until I finish the work that God has called me to do. And when I woke up, the Lord said, the enemy is trying to kill you. So this is what I'm saying. God will let you know what the enemy is doing and what he desires to do. He will let you know the call that's on your life. Give you another instance, dealing with the fivefold, where my fivefold began at. And this is what I want you to understand. Don't wait on man. When you have a relationship with God, God will let you know where you need to be. So dealing with my grandfather, my grandfather walked in the fivefold. He was an apostle. He had churches. He was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. He was an evangelist. He traveled all over places delivering the word of God. He was a pastor, and he was also a teacher. Now, when granddaddy left, and I started um, to build um, upon the foundation which granddaddy started, I had a dream. In the dream, that picture that y'all see out there in that lobby, his picture was in the church. And granddaddy was letting me know, put your picture beside my picture. That's when I was getting ready to walk in that office as a pastor. After that dream, God showed me granddaddy again, and granddaddy grabbed my hand, and God let me know he's passing that fivefold, all of it over to you. So what am I telling you? God will let you know, but guess what? It still was not yet my time to walk in every one of those offices. God has to prepare you 
for each office that you walk into. Some people might not carry number one office, but that's okay because remember in the Bible when it talks about the talents and how God left five and how God left two and he left one. So when God know your ability, this is what God will leave with you. See, God have to watch you and see what he can entrust you with to see how well you do with this. Some people want to walk in all of these offices, but you can't even take care of the office you in right now. You know, you got to learn how to show up on time. You got to learn how to be faithful. See, God had to um, watch me to see how faithful I was going to be with cleaning the toilets, with, you know, helping out in this area, helping out in that area. So he allowed me to walk in all of them so I can be where I am today to teach you the right order of the church because you got so many people out here that's thinking that you don't need an apostle, you don't need a prophet. We'll work with the um, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, but what happens is that that building is not built the way it need to be built, and so it's not the pattern that God is calling forth for the body of Christ. So we have to wait on our ministry. We have to wait on, I don't care who come to you and say you're a prophet. If you have not heard God tell you that you're a prophet, put it on the shelf. Because I have so many people that used to be in the church that they would go to these meetings and people would tell them, oh, you're a prophet and, and your pastor know it. Come on, somebody. See, all out of order. And then no people out here trying to prophesy. They tr I'm a prophet. I know God called me to be a prophet, but never in the word, never in prayer. That don't line up, y'all. This is what we're going to learn. You can't get out there and try to tell somebody something and don't even know what's written. Because, see, a prophet is going to speak the will of God. A prophet is going to know what the will of God is, and a prophet is not going to come out of his will. A prophet is going to be in prayer. A prophet is going to be one that intercedes as well. But just because somebody intercedes and just because they know the word, that still don't mean that they're prophets. So we're going to go through all that. Now let's look at another call in the word of God dealing with the prophet. This is Isaiah, the sixth chapter. And this is what was going on with Isaiah. It says, 6, verse 1 through 10. In the year that King Uzziah died, in a vision, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. Above him stood the seraphims. Each had six wings with two, each covered his own face, and with two, each covered his feet, and with two, each flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. That's his Shekinah glory. Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone and ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim's heavenly beings to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off of the altar. And when, when, when it and with it, he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity and guilt are taken away and your sin is completely atoned for and forgiven. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. And listen what God said. And he said, go and tell this people here and hear continually, but understand not and see and see continually, but do not apprehend with your mind. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn again and be healed. Isaiah was called to be a prophet right then. He said, Lord, here am I, send me. So he saw it in a vision. So you might God may come to you in a dream and he will give you your call. You may have a vision where God is showing you his glory and he's revealing his call. See, God will do um, whatever he needs to do 
to bring to you whatever he need to bring to you. Like I said, he, and after he do all this, he'll bring a person to confirm what he already told you. Because the call that God, the calls that God have placed on my life, he has sent people and they'll say, oh yeah, you're a prophet. And I'm sitting up there saying, oh who? Or what? I didn't know nothing about a prophet. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm not boasting or bragging, but y'all getting some good stuff. See, y'all getting some good stuff. Y'all getting it from the beginning to the end. And this is why when you go in and out of places, you're going to know what's right and what ain't right. And that way you quit following everybody that say I'm a prophet. Everybody that prophesy y'all is not a prophet. This is what I want you to understand. They're not. So don't follow everybody because they say there's a prophet in town. You have to be careful who you labor amongst because there are false teachers and false prophets out there. And some of them be right in the midst of you. I remember um, doing a service. I don't know if y'all remember some of y'all that um, has been in here doing services. This gentleman sat over there right about where Renee was, sitting over there on the end. And as I was ministering, the Lord revealed to me that he was a spy and he come up in here to spy out Miracle Temple. So I walked right down the aisle and I got right up to him and I looked at him and I said, did you get what you come for? So at the end of service, see, a prophet is going to be bold. You're not going to be afraid to speak what God is telling you to speak. And he stood up, if I'm not mistaken, Kathy, and he said, yes. He said, I come in here to spy out Miracle Temple. See, it was confirmed through that exact man. And see, a prophet is going to be accurate. A prophet ain't going to be hitting and missing. Let me, let me put it this way now. They're not Jesus, but they're going to um, tell you stuff. They're going to hit the nail right on the head, and people are going to look at them like, who told you that? Because they're going to know that have to be God. You must be a prophet. But this is what God does. When God is speaking, you... I'm, how can I describe it? Some people don't want to step out on the unction that God is giving. Like you, you look at somebody in the room and God ain't saying nothing right then. But you know that God has something that he want to say to that person, but he ain't giving it to you yet. So when you call the person up, this is what a prophet does too, y'all. This is what God does with a prophet. It may be a drip that comes out of that prophet mouth, a drip. Then all of a sudden, it's a flowing fall. Boom, 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 boom. And, and it's like the person are like, because God is steady speaking through that prophet. It'll start out with a drip, but then it'll just keep flowing. He, he keep giving more and more. Why does God do that with a prophet? Because God said, I can trust you. I done gave you a little, and I'm trusting you with the little, so now I'm getting ready to lay it on you. I'm getting ready to give you what's needed for that person. Now, a prophet does prophesy in part. What I mean is, if God gave me something, and he didn't give me all of it, but then somebody else come in here, and they give the other part to what I didn't give. That's why a prophet is subject unto a prophet. This is why you have several prophets in the room, because they're judging what that prophet is saying. What, why are they judging? By the word. This is why you got to know the word and you got to have an ear to hear God and you have an ear to hear God because if you're in relationship with God, you're going to hear what he has to say. Give you another example. And the reason why I'm using me, not boasting about me, I'm just telling y'all, I learned things through trial and error. And sometimes we can have more error than anything else, but God is raising us up and training us. And I told y'all this before, we went to a church it was um, a traditional church. And when God sent me to the church, y'all, I had no, I, I, I didn't have a word. I, I couldn't even think of a word. And I'm like, Lord, I'm on my way to this church. I don't know what you want me to say to these people. Soon as I get on the pulpit, God took me to Matthew 10. So I'm like, okay, God, you're taking me there. So I'm going to trust you. When I read it, you're going to bring out what you want me to bring out. When it got to the part, God said, what I want you to do, I remember walking over this way. He said, shake the dust. Tell the people you're shaking the dust because they're not going to receive you in this house. Now, understand, when God is using a prophet, whatever they speak, it's going to come to pass. So he said, they're not going to receive you. Just shake the dust. Tell them, I know you're not going to receive me. I'm shaking the dust. I'm allowed the peace of God to come back to me. Done all that, y'all. 
people slain in the spirit, people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You remember that church, Kathy? And I'm saying, how in the world people ain't receiving me and all of this is happening? Go in the kitchen. People so excited. Please do our youth conference. Oh, sure. I'll do your youth conference. One day later, I get a call. We can't um, use you. You're too far out there for us, so we need to cancel that. We don't, we don't need you for the youth conference. What did God tell me? Shake the dust. So he said, let, let my peace come back to you. See, I could have got offended, right? Didn't get offended because the Holy Spirit reminded me of that very same word. Now, a couple of years later, we up there at uh, Wallace, and I'm fixing my food, and a lady come up to me. She said, are you Pastor Amanda? And I'm looking around like, who really want to know? I said, yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It wasn't me. It was them. They the one didn't want you to come back. I wanted you to come back. I'm like, what are you talking about? So she began to explain it. See how God does. God lets you know different things. And see, when you stand in the office of a prophet, you don't get offended at everything. You walk in the love of God. A prophet don't get offended like normal people would. And that's why I asked my husband one day, is something wrong with me? Seriously, y'all, I had to stop and look at him and say, please, is something wrong with me? All this stuff people are doing to me, I don't feel any uh, unforgiveness or anything. I mean, you know, I don't forgave them. I don't hate them. It's something wrong with me. And God let me, to, let me know that when you're walking in an office of a prophet, you don't keep all those things. You can't. Because if you keep all those things, you cannot hear God. You cannot move the way God wants you to move. How about the um, Hosea? Is that the one that married the prostitute? Come on. God was making a statement with Hosea to let Israel know how bad they were. He said, I want you to marry her. And even when she went out and committed adultery on him, he said, I want you to receive her back in your house. You see, he was a prophet. So he was up under God's authority. So if you're going to walk in the office of a prophet, you got to hear God and you got to be obedient to what God is saying. It can't be, well, Lord, I do this, but I ain't going to do this. But, hey, I'm still a prophet. It don't work like that. So, so many people want these callings, but they don't want to line up to the will and word of God. And that's what a prophet does. Let's look at another one. And how you can really tell a prophet, a prophet words are not going to fall to the ground. Those words are going to come to pass. First Samuel 3, 19 through 20. Y'all know this one here. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. He did not let any of Samuel's message words fall to fall, fail to come true or fall to the ground. Then all Israel from Dan to Beersheba from the extreme north to the extreme south, knew Samuel was a true prophet of the Lord. See, this is what I'm saying. They knew Samuel was a prophet because if you go read the book of Samuel, every time Samuel showed up, people were running. They had a fear because they knew when Samuel come in on the scene, somebody going to get it, somebody going to die today, or something is going to happen. So they had a fear of Samuel because Samuel was carrying the word of God. But I'm going to tell you something. People don't fear God. Because when you got a, a, a true anointed person amongst you, you're going to respect them because of the God that's in them. It ain't them. It's the God that's in them. And you're going to show honor unto him because they're doing a work unto him. It's not us. It is him. So let's look at this too. And I, I mentioned of how um, dealing with prophets, how, you know, some, everybody that prophesied, that does not mean they're a prophet. Just because you get a prophetical revelation, a moving prophecy, even if you do these things frequently, does not necessarily mean you're a prophet. So just because you see people giving a prophetical word and you see them moving in that, that does not mean, y'all, that they're a prophet. Now, anyone who's filled with the Holy Spirit can exercise the gift of prophecy as he wills. This is why, y'all remember we went over the gifts of the Spirit. We, we went over dealing with the Holy Spirit. See, this is why you, you have to be taught to know the difference. 
Anyone that's in the body of Christ that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit identifies you as being part of the kingdom of God, that you belong to God. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when, it, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you're doing a work. God is anointing you for a work that he's sending you to do. So he's going to operate those gifts. It's nine gifts. He's going to allow that gift to come forth as the Spirit wills. So if you have someone that's operating in the gift of prophecy, which is building up, which is edifying, which is comforting, please don't call them no prophet. Because that does not mean that they're a prophet. Everybody that's born again, that has the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, can operate in the gift of prophecy as the Spirit wills. Do not limit yourself. Because you can walk in a store with the gifts of the, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can get ready to pay for something at the store. And all of a sudden, you have an unction, Tyson, to look at the woman that's running the cash register and say, God said, fear not because he's with you. God said, be not dismayed because he is God. He's strengthening you today to do the work that he has called you to do. Some people have just looked at you any kind of way, but God said he's going to move you to the forefront. God said he's here to strengthen you. He's here to give you everything that you need to do what he has called you to do. Isn't that comforting? And all of a sudden, that person just go wild. Can he ring up nothing no more? Evangelist Newton remind me of this. We was in Verizon, y'all. I stayed in Verizon. We was in Verizon and was looking at the phones and stuff. And as this lady was helping me with my phone and getting the phone ready, all of a sudden, I felt this unction and this urge. And I say, I got to tell this lady what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I say, do you mind if I give you a word? She said, no, 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 no. So I gave her what the Lord was saying. And this was the funny part. She went to the back. When she come from the back, her name tag was turned all upside down. Hell looked wild. I said, what in the world happened to say? She said, I was back there giving God glory. Tell me, there ain't nobody but God. So see, this is what, <laughs> this is what God does. The lady couldn't even hardly do a job no more because God gave her what she needed. See, this is why you have to, when God gives you that unction, when the Holy Spirit, as the Spirit wills, Everybody in this place that has the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everywhere you go, you should be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He might have you to walk up to somebody and say, God said he loved you. That's it. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to take away from it. And that person just began to weep. Now, this is what some people do. I learned this too. When God is moving right up here at the altar, I don't know if, Evangelist, you may have caught it years ago. Gotta have that person right. Right? Somebody will jump up there and try to tell them something. Because they see them so emotionalized. <laughs> they want to have a part of that. <laughs> you got to be careful. Because if that ain't what God want to do, you're going to take away from what God has already done. But they will look for the ones that screaming or or already had a taste of the goodness of Jesus, and then they're intervening and go in there and say, let me, let me put my part in there while they're crying and say I've done something. That ain't God. See, that's why you have to watch your surroundings and watch people around you. I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't know if, if y'all notice. If I have a guest speaker, let's say it's Apostle. Every time Apostle's been in this house, if Apostle want to give somebody a word, what you see her do? She'll look at me and she say, do you mind if I give somebody a word? Of course not, because, see, as long as I've been knowing apostle, I know where she is. See, you, you, you watch people walk just like she watched mine. So if she invite me to her meeting, she know who I am already. She know what God does in me and through me. So she give me free course because she know who I am. She watched my walk. So you, that's why sometimes people wonder why. Why it take her so long to bring people behind this pulpit for services that we have? Because I'm not putting any and everybody up there that's trying to exalt themselves. I watch people. I don't care how much they prophesy. I don't care how much word they say they have. 
God have me toning in to see who you trying to exalt. You or you trying to exalt God. So this is why you have to watch people. You have to, and not watching them so closely that you miss God, but walking in the spirit and you're going to know who's laboring amongst you. So this is what I do just in case anybody wanted to know. I don't just let, I'll put it this way. Tradition of men make the word of God of none effect. So you can have a person that's a Baptist. That's fine. If he, if he or she is a Baptist and full of the Holy Ghost and, and know Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus and operating in the gifts, you can be Baptist all you want. You're free to come up here because we're going to be on one accord. See, that's why you have to be careful who you labor amongst. Everybody that get behind a pulpit, y'all, and that's telling you you don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you in the wrong place. Anybody that tell you you don't need the gifts of the Spirit, that that passed away, pass right past that church. Because you ain't going to get nothing. I'm being honest. If they telling you we don't believe in the fivefold, pass right by that church. This is why you have to look at people's beliefs and what they believe. Because if you don't, you're going to sit amongst them and you're going to get tied up, mixed up, and confused. But guess how people draw you? By giving you a title. That's how people get you. Well, I can set you up here. You should have been here. Guess what? They're setting you up to fail because it ain't God doing it. It's them that's doing it. So we have to be so careful. So let's look at this right here in Acts 21. Remember I said that people can prophesy, but that don't mean they're a prophet. Acts 21, verse 8, look at this. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto sister, is that sister, what is that, Caesarea? Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, they were virgins, which did prophesy. Y'all hear that? They prophesied. And as we turned, tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owned this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, did we not see that Philip had seven daughters, right? Four daughters, virgins, and they prophesied. They were not prophets. They prophesied, but they were not prophets. But Agabus came in, and he was a prophet. They say he was a prophet, and he foretold something that was going to happen to Paul. Guess what? Paul already knew what was going to happen. He was confirming what was going to happen to Paul. But Paul knew, if I go to Jerusalem and die, I die, but I'm going to Jerusalem. Because he knew he had to fulfill what God had called him to do. So everybody that prophesy, y'all, that does not mean that they're a prophet. When I talked about the gifts of the uh, Holy Spirit, you can get those from 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through verse 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through verse 11. And also, when God called you to be a prophet, you have to accept that call. Meaning that when you accept in that call, you begin to live according to that call. And you can get that from Ephesians 4, 1. Ephesians 4.1, therefore as a prisoner, for because I belong to or in the Lord, I urge you to live, walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received to which you were called. So we have to live according to that call. And if you live in according to that call, you are accepting that call that's upon your life. Some people run from the call because they feel like, you know, I'm, I'm unable to meet what God want me to meet. God called you. You didn't call yourself. So God is going to give you whatever you need. He's going to equip you. He's going to prepare you. And one thing I can say, God is not going to call you a prophet on Monday and you walk in and on Tuesday. He's not going to do it. He'd have to prepare you for that call. And there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about dealing with the, um, a prophet in the next teaching. So 
we will come to understand that everybody that's saying they're a prophet, that does not mean that they are a prophet. So be careful when people have these meetings and say, come to, you know why some people come to a meeting when it's dealing with prophets? Because they want some. That's what it is. But when you call these meetings dealing with a prophet, really you running down the role of a prophet, the duties of a prophet, the call of a prophet. And what it's doing is teaching people in the prophetic. Sometimes they have the school of the prophets. What they're doing, they have people who have that call of that prophet and they're getting raised up um, to be a prophet. But you don't just go out there and try to do things. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. And I'm going to tell y'all, y'all, it could be years before you step into that call. It can be years. It doesn't mean that it happens overnight because God got to prepare you for the place that he have called you to. Do not let people, y'all, they have tried it with me. I, I mentioned to y'all when I had the call of an evangelist and somebody was saying, come on, come on, come on. You know, I don't normally do this, but I need to go ahead and make you an evangelist. God is telling me to go ahead and do it. And I said, no, thank you. Because God let me know right then, no. See, God, when he does something, man don't have to do nothing. Because whatever God does, you're going to accept what he's doing, first of all. And you ain't waiting on man to give you nothing. Some people are waiting on man to give them license. And when they don't get the license, they leave the church. Because they felt like, you should have gave me license. Y'all, I, I had it happen so many times in here. Had ministers to come in here and say, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. They said, I'll do it because I know you teach good and I'll sit up under your teaching, da-da-da-da-da. That didn't last even a month. Because when the teaching started going down, they didn't want to wait. They thought they should be doing more than what they were doing. And I remember this. Um, it was someone who, uh, they said there was an evangelist. So this is how I am. Uh, another church needed this person. You know how sometimes they have the... Um, what you call those little things that everybody have a part they have to play in there, you know what I'm saying? Tees, rainbow, something. So I'm saying, sure, you know, you know, if you invited to go there, that's fine. So it, it, it hit my spirit to call to see how everything went. That's, that's who I am. You know, if I'm sending somebody over there and they supposed to be representing Jesus first, but they're also part of Miracle Temple, I'm going to check on my sheep. How about it? I wouldn't do that. So I called over there, and a nice lady said, thank you so much for letting evangelists. I said, who? I said, who? For letting evangelists come over here and give us a word. I said, I ain't letting no evangelists do nothing. I ain't know nothing about them being no evangelists. Where you get that from? Oh, I'm so sorry. I said, mm-hmm. So once I got that situated, the person left. Because they had people thinking that's who they were. And they went somewhere else, and guess what? That's what they had them doing, and they ain't doing it today. You have to be careful. And see, the Lord had me to call over there to let me know what was going on. But y'all, I straightened that out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because you ain't going to use this church to promote what you say God said, and God ain't said it. So that's why you got to hear God. Be careful, y'all. Because these gifts that God has given unto the church, it's a gift unto the body of Christ to get the body of Christ where they need to be unto maturity, unto the coming of the Lord, unto the coming of the Lord. So be careful. What, whomever God has called you to be, you don't have to tell nobody. Just live it. And as you live in it, they're going to know who you are. All you hear around here is title, 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 title. And it, it is not about title because when we go to meet King of Kings and Lord of Lords, he ain't going to say, Apostle Amanda, rise up. No. <laughs> but you know who is still recognized as the lambs up there? The ones that walk with him. They still recognize up there as the apostles of the lamb. Y'all ain't read in the Revelations? They still recognize. Why? Because they walk with Jesus and Jesus told them, this is what y'all going to do up here in heaven. So be careful. Don't run after everything because they say I'm a prophet or I'm apostle. I'm chief apostle. I'm master prophet. I'm master. Please. 
So you don't need to be doing all that. Just take the word for yourself. And when you go places, you're going to know what God is saying. Amen. And if God ain't saying it, don't receive it because you'll get mixed up in confusion. We want to do things in decency and in order because you know what? Understand this. I had somebody to come to me and tell me what I supposed to do for somebody else. Yes, it is. Uh, you need to go do this for so-and-so. I said, no, I don't. Because God done told so-and-so. So it's already been told. So I don't need to do nothing else to make God move. Hello, somebody. Because when God already tell you, why I got to go to try to do something else to make something happen? See, that's familiar spirit trying to operate. Please be careful. Everybody that prophesy, oh, and everybody that speak loudly in tongues. And people be waiting and say, oh, God is speaking. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. Do you have an interpretation? No. Have a seat. Is anybody in the house got that interpretation? No. You can be seated now. You won't see them no more because they don't know the order of the church. So we're going to learn about the fivefold. And y'all, guess what? We're not even halfway through. We got to learn about the elders. We got to learn about the deacons. We got to learn about the deaconette. Where all this stuff come from? We want to know all of these things. So when you're talking to people, you can give them truth and you can tell them where to find the truth in the word of God, how God want his house, his church set up. He wanted in order after his pattern and not man's pattern. If you look around you with different churches, what do you see? What do you see? But who do you see in the church? Anybody? No, y'all missing it. Who do you see in churches? What offices do you see in churches? Ministers? And guess what? They ain't even, you all ministers. According to Matthew 28, when Jesus went, all of us are ministers. So when somebody give you a certificate of ministers, say, I don't need that. That's who I am. All of y'all in here are ministers unto the Lord. All of y'all have a commission. That's your first calling as disciples, to make disciples of men. That means you, you make followers of Jesus. We don't want converts. I don't want no converts. I want disciples. So that's why you're, you're getting taught how to disciple. And disciples make other disciples. Go in the book of Acts. 3,000, 5,000, all of them couldn't fit in one place. Guess what? So that's why you see all these local churches because you, you couldn't carry everybody. But everybody's supposed to be up under the same what? Doctrine. Praise God. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good? Okay, now I'm going to ask some people, what did you get out of uh, the prophet? The first teaching you had, anybody? Okay. Someone else? Huh? Okay, called by God. Foretell the future. Point to Christ, warn. They only speak what God tell them to speak. They bring revelation, but they don't bring nothing outside the word of God, right? And they speak the heart and the mind of God. Come on, y'all. Not condemnation. That's right. And they don't speak curses on you. Why would a prophet, well, if you don't give this $100, your refrigerator going to break down. The devil is a lie. See, that's witchcraft. So, see, you got to understand what the, have anybody ever told you? Now, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I received, remember when I told you that he said, receive my servant, right? This is what part of that prophecy was that I didn't look at. If you don't receive my servant, you don't want to be beat with many scribes. Jesus already took them scribes from me. 
That's what. But see, you have to take the part that's yours and throw the rest of it on out. So I knew one part that was true. It was confirmation. I said, God, you're going to whoop me, God. Why are you whooping me? God loves me. God chastises me. That's why a prophet have to be in the word of God to know what the word is saying for here and for now. Amen. So please be careful from whom you receive the word from. Because everybody that bring you a word don't mean they're a prophet. Because you're supposed to know the word for yourself as well. Amen. This dear sister sitting beside Kimberla, sitting behind Kimberla. Come up here, sweetie. Yes, ma'am. And I want to tell you something. 